the internet will never replace the local church in terms of a place to discover who you are and what your gifts are. It's not about we are this type of church with this label, but we are seeking to be a biblical church that is a space where we are growing together. Welcome to Postcards from Antioch. Uh, This is a teaching and training podcast and we're thrilled that you're watching or listening to us today. James, you're going to be leading us uh, through part two of a session or two-part series really on spiritual gifts. That's right, yeah. So the first session, um, we talked a bit about what the Bible says, kind of uh, what the gifts are, how they're different from just being naturally good at things, why they're given, and a bit about how we should therefore use them and think about them. And this second part is going to dwell more on that because when we talk about spiritual gifts, I think it's probably that, that those twofold thoughts is, you know, what are they? When are they given? All those kind of things. And then there's the very practical questions. What gifts do I have? You know, how yeah. do I use them? How do I know what I've got? Exactly. I haven't that kind got of some thing. Amazon delivery on the door of no. my Christian life. So and how does that work? It's it's very difficult to um, tell sometimes, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's really one of the things we're going to gonna think about. Okay, and so last time we, so this might encourage you to have a Bible at hand. We won't be reading maybe as many verses as the last episode, but we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4 as well, as as the four main New Testament lists of spiritual gifts. Yes. So just so that anyone may want to dip in. Yeah. And that's probably in a sense, those lists are more relevant for this episode Mm. because the last episode was, these are the lists, but really it was the stuff around the list that we talked about why they're given and what advice Paul gives. But, Let's be honest, a lot of us look at those lists and we, we're looking at them thinking, well, which one's yeah. me? Who, what do we I are. have? And, you know, there's surveys out there. There's books galore on this topic. There's online stuff you can do. I remember yeah. going to um, conferences and there'd always be that station, the spiritual gift <laughs> station, where you could go and plug in your personality, your background, your yeah. age, gender, all sorts of, and then outward pop and answer a number of questions. The spiritual gifts is that the only way to discover it to well go to one of those things that's i think that's a good question yeah. and uh maybe we'll have answered that by the end there we go so you'll know hopefully whether to do yeah so may, maybe not helpfully though because it's something quite helpful about the idea of saying oh if i just answer these 20 questions and bang there's the answer and i know yeah um so but it, i think it's difficult to tell sometimes some of the spiritual gifts it's not difficult speaking in tongues for example is fairly obvious uh manifestation you know it's uh yeah have i got it it? do you (laughs) don't you you know and it may be as we talked about last time maybe it's for a a period a specific time maybe even for like a specific worship session or something like Mm -hmm. that or maybe it's something that comes at a later stage in your christian Mm -hmm. journey but you you know when it's there Mm -hmm. really you either have it or you don't as as Oz has said but other things are not so clear like as we talked about last time is someone a good teacher or are they just gifted communicator well gifted is perhaps the wrong word to use in this context but are they just naturally talented is someone has the gift of hospitality or are they just 
friendly is someone a good evangelist or are they just good with people that kind those kind yeah, of questions quite extroverted yeah exactly. don't care what people think and so say it regardless yeah so i think one of the first things to say is it's not unusual for your spiritual gifts to work in partnership with some of those natural qualities so for example if you have the gift of teaching it may work really well that you're also naturally a very disciplined and ordered person, for example, or you're a good communicator anyway. Mm. Equally, if you're one of those 10% of the population who actively enjoy change, you know, and the other 90% of us don't, it may be that that works really well with your gift uh, uh, calling as an apostle or uh, your gift of evangelism or, or yeah. so on. Yeah. Uh, that. It's not unusual, I think, and it's almost as if it's planned, you know, that the, 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 the gift that the Spirit gives you works hand in hand with those natural abilities, those things you're born with, those experiences you have yourself. That's would make perfect sense that God would work that way. And we're also drawing a distinction, aren't we, um, from what every Christian is called to do and instructed to do and what some particularly are gifted to do. So yeah. shall we say... I don't know generosity. Well, we're all called to use our money in absolutely for the kingdom, but some might have faith to do that in, in a way that is is quite encouraging for the church. Yeah. Or we're all called to be witnesses to Jesus, but some are evangelists. Yes, and I think one of the things I touched on last last uh, in the last episode was the idea that the way God works through it is different. Like we're all generous or sorry, we're all called to be generous. <laughs> we're probably not as generous as we should be. But if generosity is mentioned as a spiritual gift, that's something a bit different that God has chosen to use that person in a particular way. And they're giving somehow changes lives, touches hearts, mm. sort of the spirit works in a way that it doesn't yeah. uh, normally through someone else just giving generously yeah sure so there's no get out of that area of Christian no exactly life, exactly but we, we we are highlighting that, that there are some things that will almost come naturally um supernaturally but yeah seem to be who we are but also blessed by god for the church for the kingdom it's probably worth mentioning just in passing i won't spend much time with this but in ephesians 4 the where mm. paul lists some things given you know god's christ has given gifts to the church and as in between recording these episodes you mentioned the fact that this list is different to us paul lists the gifts here he lists roles like apostles evangelists um but it's worth mentioning that one of the things paul says is that those are given for the building up of the church to equip the yes. saints for acts of service so being a gifted evangelist, for example, is probably just as much about being able to encourage and train others yes. to share their faith as it is in doing it yourself. Mm. Um, so that may be another mm. indication yeah, that really you're gifted. Really good thing to highlight. Yeah. yeah. How are you developing others? Yeah. And if, growing others, equipping for the, for yeah. the sake of. Um, because because then it doesn't become about everything I can do, and that's the limit but uh, the the impact of releasing the saints the believers works of service good okay so 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 are all the lists the same are they different i think i think they were different they're when all, we read them last they're time. all different and that's another question is are they exhaustive are there yeah. spiritual gifts that are not mentioned in any of those lists mm. 
and in you know maybe you're gifted maybe you have a spiritual gift and it's not mentioned by paul but it's still something that god is using in some powerful way um and also there's well yeah we'll think about that in a second the kind of that there's a uh, a strange overlap and in fact the the thing i want to think about is like how do we know what gifts we have and maybe that's part of the problem is we read these lists mm. And we think, oh, well, I haven't got any of those gifts. Mm. And it's because we're not really thinking creatively or um, openly about what these gifts mean. Uh, One of the problems I will say with the spiritual gift questionnaires and these kind of things is the questions they ask are often very leading, aren't they? They are. You can kind of spot the gift that they're linked to. So you could, if you want a particular gift... You could say, oh, I know how to answer this questionnaire. So it comes up. Oh, I'm, I'm an apostle. That's what I've, or just as I knew it. I Do you knew like it. to move to yeah. new areas and yeah. pioneer new ministries? Ooh. <laughs> so then you kind of got an issue yeah. that these questionnaires have already decided what the gifts yes. mean, how they're manifested. And so they're kind of funneling you into and their the own end, definition. They tend to have a little explanation. This is what an, a prophet yeah. is, what tongues is, what... and. Uh, that can be helpful but you're saying that's limiting it 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 can be limiting it i mean i think one thing i would always say this is my little soundbite for the episode is that the internet will never replace the local church in terms of you know a a place to discover who you are and what your gifts are because last time we talked about the main purpose is for the local church for the benefit the common good the edification that's right therefore you're only going to know yeah what and how your gifts and uh, i think it's you are going to find out quicker what your spiritual gifts Mm. are by being part of a local community and spending time with people and not even if you're not doing anything yet but one thing i found is other people often will have some insight into um, how god's using you or or what ways he may have gifted you i think you can't be wisdom of the yes. other Christians for sort of answering some of these questions mm. about yeah. yourself. No, I think that's very true. Good to ask people that you trust, respect, that know you. Mm. The other bit of advice that I've come across is actually sometimes we discover the gifts by getting on yeah, and serving. Absolutely. Doing, don't worry about what gift have I got. Meet a need. And maybe there's a real need somewhere and it's a bit out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But you absolutely. might find God equipping you supernaturally to do that in a way you'd never have imagined and so it's not just needs based and filling the holes yes ideally we'd we'd serve in areas that clearly are good fit but sometimes you just need to get on with the the mission at hand the 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 kind of serving and see how god enables us i think that's it i think here's my god is perfectly capable of letting you know what you need to be doing if he has gifted you and you're honestly not sure or not sure what's going on, then that's fine. You know, God it's God's responsibility in a sense to bring that out. But that won't happen, I don't think, unless you actually roll your sleeves up and start doing things. And that's yeah. how things come out. Every gift, every no matter who, they, you know, you look at everyone and maybe you look at them and look how gifted they are. Every single person had to do it for the first time at yes. some point. They had to take that step of doing it and seeing what you know for example if we take the supernatural gift some of the say we may typically call 
a word of knowledge. Now, the reason I hesitate is because I think there's this is one of the things we're going to think about. The lines are a bit blurred. Is it prophecy? Is a word of knowledge? Is is that the idea that you might be praying for someone or you might be doing something and you get a message or some sort of something from God that's specifically for a person? Is that the spiritual gift, a word of knowledge? That's kind of how it's mm. come to be mean. I don't know if it is. It could be something else, but it's a spiritual gift. And at, at some point, it's no good you just saying, well, God's given me this gift. You actually have to pass yeah. that on. You actually have to take that risky step. Yes. And I think with gifts like that, and with all spiritual gifts, there is no harm, in fact, possibly the opposite, in just, unless there's an urgent situation, just saying, well, let's just think about this for a while. Let's seek advice. Let's pray. Yeah. I feel God's told me to do this or mm. to say this to someone. What do you think about that? And I think a lot of the time we have that we have that time, that space mm. to think and reflect before we have to yeah. step out. Yeah. And, and actually what you're indicating then, as well as stepping out and using it, there may be a growing in it that is required. So the first time you maybe share your word of knowledge, it, it, it might come out a bit funny and then maybe there's a that god will use that but actually there's an element where we can use the gifts but also grow in the gifts by using yeah. them i know that'd be true for me with teaching and preaching um and there's conferences courses books that can support that but typically some gifts there might be more support available than others yes so, so it might be an area of okay how do we support all the gifts how do we encourage people and give people space to step out and use them but also growing in in their use. Yeah, and I think that's one of the roles of the local church, really. That's what we're called as a body of believers to do for each other is create this space for these gifts to be used mm -hmm. in a and just accepting that I mean uh that some people are gonna get it wrong sometimes yeah. and that's okay. And we are going to discover together. Yeah. And I think it's yeah it's um mm. that's what we should be doing for each yes. other yes and i think i like that approach because it's not about we are this type of church with this label call it charismatic conservative but we are seeking to be a biblical church that is a space where we are growing together yeah and and if we believe scripture and we're evangelical church that god has given gifts to the body then it would be wrong to ignore some and um, overlook individuals. So how we do that well together is really important. And I'm not suggesting we've always got that right at Barton. No, no. But we have to be committed to, to not labels and kind of stereotypes, but trying to be God's people growing in maturity for his kingdom. Absolutely. And this, this might be part of the problem for churches and for us as individuals is that we lay, we use these labels and we get stuck in uh, these small spaces uh, sort of in, in terms of understanding what a gift is and how it should be used. I think one of the problems is we, uh, for example, um, there are, I think there are a lot of problems caused or can be a lot of problems caused by simply just not understanding the gifts. Yeah. Um, 
the gift, the lists as Paul gives may not always be helpful in terms of the way we yeah. talk about them. For example, one of the gifts mentioned is the gift of administration. Yeah. And the Greek word is probably better translated navigation, you know, yeah. being able to say so it's a gift of being able to steer through difficult situations mm. or to lead essentially. But mm. how many of you or us have been told, oh, you you know, you're really prompt at replying to emails. You've got the gift of administration, that kind of yeah. thing. And we can be underwhelmed by that or we can feel that's true when you may yeah. not have the gift of administration or yeah. we've we've sort of narrowed this yeah. gift because we've misunderstood what the yes. word means. Yeah, and no, I think that's really helpful. And I think the other one that springs to mind is prophecy because often we 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 think, oh, that means having a word about the future yeah, or absolutely. about a person that's from God and that's the only way it can be shared in a in a little prophet-like way, thus says the Lord, boom, come and go. Yeah. But actually, probably that gift is used much more than we realise through I preaching, so. through encouragement, through prayer, through all sorts of different ways that we may or may not be fully aware of. Yeah. God speaks. I think that's that's right. And I think that's this this is the the real issue is that for example, Oz and I, we're both preachers, we both preach. And the question is out are you know, do you have the gift of preaching or not? And if you look at the list that Paul has mentioned and Peter mm. mentioned, there is no gift of preaching mentioned explicitly. So we say, well, what's the gift of preaching then? And most people say, well, teaching then. Teaching's mentioned. But there are other gifts. Like you've mentioned prophecy. You mentioned encouragement, exhortation. A word of, well, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul mentions a word of knowledge. He also mentions separately as distinct thing, a message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, a message of wisdom. And I feel like if there may not be a gift of preaching Mm. as such, but someone who you would say is a gifted preacher probably has at least one of those gifts rattling around probably a combination of them rattling around and that gives different preachers a different flavor some are very strong teachers some are very strong encouragers exhorting some are very wise they're all gifted they're all using their gifts they're all doing the same thing but there's no one gift of preaching so to speak yeah that's very and helpful. I think yeah. that's the the same kind of thing is we think oh, if I have the gift of hospitality, I have to have people around to my house all the time. Yeah. Gift of hospitality is more about making people feel comfortable, I think. Yeah. And you can do that in all kinds of environments. Yeah. You know, if I have the gift of teaching, I have to stand up in front of the church and teach. Or maybe you're an introvert and you're happier sitting down one to one with people and using your gift that way. Yeah. I think thinking creatively about how we express our gifts and and not letting ourselves think well if i have the gift of you know i have uh, the gift of encouragement mm. so the only way to use that is a kind of i've got a, a pastoral visit visit yeah. people no you could preach yeah yeah you could be in church leadership yeah. and do that you could um do that in men in lots of different ways yeah and i think that's used really well by some people through messages and um, text messages whatever Bible verses, encouraging people to keep going. They've had a hard time, uh, you know, illness in the family, uh, difficult. That gift of encouragement is deeply pastoral, isn't it? And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So actually, we're broadening out. We're not diluting. Yes, that's right. 
at all. We're not saying that, but we are saying we're broadening out our understanding of the gifts. Yeah. And probably exercising the spiritual gifts in many ways that we wouldn't realize yeah. or have not validated. And, and we want to commend those things. This is a thought off the top of my head. Maybe that's it doesn't matter if we don't really know what spiritual gift we have as long as we're using it, even if we don't know what to call it. Yeah. If we're doing something that God is working through yeah. and we feel like, yeah, this is what I should be doing, does it matter what it's yes. called? No, because actually the main thing is that we're active in the body of Absolutely. Christ, that we're getting on with with loving one another and sharing his, his grace with believers, with unbelievers, whatever the context is, not... Oh, and I, I know exactly yeah. the gift I've got, by the way. That's right. Pride could kind of develop there, Exactly, that's the point, is that's the um, where the comparisons come in. When you yeah. know or think you know what you have and you think you know what other people have and are, and then you start comparing, you start judging, and you start maybe, you know, either way, feeling like, well, you know, I've got the gift, look at me, I've got the gift of prophecy, yeah. or... Well, look at him. He's got the gift of prophecy. I've got the gift of, yeah. you know, serving or whatever. And so doesn't Paul address a bit of this in his metaphor with the body and honourable, dishonourable parts? Yeah. Um, he, yeah, yeah, well, it, why don't you well, tell us? Well, okay, us? Yeah, I yeah. can. Um, basically, he says it's not as if um, you can all be mouths or arms or toes. A body needs different members for yep. it to function effectively. That's right. And just like that, the church needs people to both teach and speak, but also practically serve and organize and care and show mercy. And so we all need each other. And yep. all are honorable. There's no yeah. more honorable, less honorable. In fact, we should go out of our way to make sure those that we might be tempted to to see as less honorable are elevated. They're treated with more honor. Absolutely. And I think God knows this lesson, even if we don't. Mm. And the the passages in scripture there are elements where god basically says look if you are, if you get public honor that's 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 your reward kind of thing yeah. um so, which is something i always like to bear in mind because um i preach as i said you preach oz and i feel like a lot of the the gifts or a lot of the ways i'm using my uh, gifts and talents do kind of they are kind of public and I'm always mindful of the fact that, you know, there's the the teaching of the scripture is, well, if you get public honor, then maybe you'll miss out on some of those other rewards that those mm. who serve unseen mm. will get. So you're absolutely right. Mm. I think a lot of the thinking comes from us, the comparisons and the judging and the weighing up of what's worth it and what isn't. Mm come from us and our criteria yeah. right? not from yeah. god who knows our hearts and knows exactly how fruitful we are yeah. and our motives yeah. for doing what we're doing okay um, so and so just to sort of bring an end to this point is i think it's important what i'm trying to stress is we talked a bit about um thinking a bit differently about gifts is not beating yourself up if you uh, don't know what your gift is, it's not beating yourself up if you think, well, my gift's not that impressive. It's not saying, well, I should have this gift or even I want this gift. You can want a particular gift. But one of the things Paul says is the spirit gives as he determines mm. uh, for the common good. So 
often when we're saying I want this gift we're not often thinking because it's for the common good we're thinking because you know I want to do this or it made me feel good about myself I'd love or, to be like that yeah or I want to be different to who I am yeah. or um or, or whatever and uh so the point of the gifts is love without love they're nothing yeah. and in fact uh because the core of serving is love it might even be better to not be using your gifts if you can't do it with love yeah um so anyway so that's some thoughts on you know maybe not helpful thoughts maybe you're hoping i was going to come here and sit down and say right this is how you tell if you're a prophet this is how you tell but i think it's very difficult to do i think instead what's more important as we said Mm -hmm. is that you're doing something and letting god sort out the details yeah no that's that's great and so one day, one question that's come to mind, we've talked about quite a few different gifts. We've yeah. not really talked about some of the more supernatural ones. Yeah. Have you got any thoughts on how we, un- t- today, you know, the um, gifts of healing, miracles? Someone asked asked me um, yesterday, actually, that I met with in, in, in Faversham, and the question was, have you seen any miracles right. um, recently to back up some of the things that you're talking about? Yeah. Not to back up as in to prove, but as well as I was yeah. talking about some of the young people in the youth that are growing in faith and some of the things to thank God for. So are there any miracles as well? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. How do we understand miracles and the, the more supernatural things yeah. so in this list? There's a big discussion as to whether these gifts are still a part of the yeah. church. Uh, I think they are. I think it's uh, the question we generally ask is, is not are these gifts still around? Is why don't I see more of these things? Mm-hmm. That's generally what we're asking. And I feel like a lot of the the reason for that is because we don't put ourselves in these places. We don't um, make a priority of of seeking God. It's probably why we don't see more things happening. Um, you read the book of Acts and there are lots of miracles, though, to be fair, it's the book of Acts covers 30 years. It's yeah. It's sort of there were probably plenty of days where nothing miraculous yeah, happened. I was about to say that. Yeah. I recently read something about that and how if you, you, you kind of line up all the miracles recorded and there were many that weren't yeah. and you, you, you plot that against the time, you go, Oh, actually yeah, there might it's be not, one every few years, yeah, not yeah. every day. But the point is I think you see them in Acts is because it's a story of men and women who are basically giving themselves over to God, put themselves in God's hands and there's kind of no surprise um that you see them in fact when peter and john uh heal the man on their way to the temple and he says give them have you got any money they say silver and gold we have not but what we give to you we do have we give to you you tell them to walk in the name of jesus christ when there's a big kerfuffle and peter and john's response is why are you surprised by this Mm. and then they go on to talk about jesus because for them it wasn't surprising i think because Mm. their lives were used to they'd given themselves to god and they they saw that Mm. now in terms of gifts do are people still gifted in this way in the church i mean paul does mention gift of miracles he mentions gift of healing i think so i think so and we hear stories in some churches um, in other parts of the world about this and probably we've got our own stories yeah maybe not lots but some where we go do you know what 
well, what, what are miracles? Is it an answered prayer? That's often actually a miracle. Is it yeah, a that's sudden the other provision thing. in time of need financially from some mystery donor or from um, somebody that's really generous? Is that a miracle because of the timing of when you prayed it and when it happened? So I think maybe again, do we underplay God's answer to our prayers and the miracles that we see? Mm. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that's the thing. Um, so yeah it's it's not an easy question to answer um particularly i think in the west also we're we're hindered a bit by our um we're our culture of sort of rationalism and materialism yeah in other cultures in the world there's more of an expectation and maybe you see more things happening as a result of it Mm. but uh, so uh Let's move on and talk. The final thing we'll talk about is briefly is we're we're kind of we're touching on it all as we talk about it anyway. But um, the idea of what's our responsibility with the gift we're given. Uh, Because as Paul says, 1 Corinthians 12, there are different kinds of gift, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works of them in all men so i think we you have a gift so i think we establish you do have a gift it may take you a while to figure it out and because of the fact that the the under thing that undergirds our gift should be love and service you may have to grow in those before mm. your gift will be clear or your gift will certainly be fruitful Maybe you have to learn some difficult, painful lessons before mm. God will say, okay, now you've learned something. You've learned about service. You've learned about humility. And now we can start doing something together. Mm. Um, you, you, so you may, again, so it may take you time to, mm. for the gift to become clear or certainly to become particularly fruitful. But you do have a gift, I believe. Mm. And you should be okay with whatever gift God's given you yeah. in his wisdom. Um, because we're, as we've already said, we're all valuable and important in our roles in the church. There are different kinds of working, mm. but the same God works of them in all men. But along with that, we do have responsibility. If we've been given a gift, we have a responsibility. Mm. So this is one of the things Paul talks about in, to the Corinthian churches. They are being irresponsible with their gifts so he has to give them some very specific instructions so 1 corinthians 14 he gives some clear guidance about orderly worship um i'll read it It says uh two or three prophets should speak and the other weigh carefully what is said and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down the first speaker should stop etc so um it's not an order of service paul's not saying this is how church should work you know for the next two millennia He's saying these are guidelines for the church in Corinth that had lost its way. It needed to start from scratch with a order of service in a sense because yeah. they had they'd gone a bit chaotic. They'd gone chaotic, exactly. Weren't listening to one another. Bit of a mess. Just showing their gifts, saying you know, yeah, yeah showing off. Essentially, I can better that kind of approach. Yeah. And then in these principles, Paul lists some some principles which do apply. I think for one of the things he says is verse thirty two in chapter fourteen. Why don't you read yep, that? Verse thirty two says. 
The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. So, yeah, that's fine. So Paul's basically saying you have a gift, but it's not like you have no choice about how to use it mm. or when you should use it or how you, how it should manifest. It's not like you're compelled. I have to prophet. I'm a prophet. I have to prophesy, you know, don't get in God's way kind of thing. He's, Paul's saying, no, you are responsible for how that gift is used, for when it's used, whether it's used sensitively or not. Mm. And that is one of the... The problem sometimes, isn't it, with one another is we feel like, well, you know, God's told me to say this. Yeah. It's your, you know, your problem yeah, if I'm you just, don't like it. I'm just it. being obedient. Yeah. I'm just going to say right. it. And so one of the questions that um, I think is helpful to ask is, is this for you or for everyone or is it for a, a, an individual? Yeah. It's not always for whole yeah. congregation and maybe so, that was one of the issues. Yeah, and this is kind of one of the things we talked about is it's maybe it's time to take a step back and say I should check with someone else first. I yeah. should should pray about this. I should think about this. You should use your talents, common sense, wisdom, your experiences, the the other gifts of God such as the people that he's put in the church around you to help you yeah. use this gift you've been given wisely and well. Uh, another thing to bear in mind, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. 22, okay, back a few verses. Paul, again, writing to the church in Corinth, clarifying that they'd misused it. 14.22, yes, tongues but... then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Okay, so that's, again, that he's talking specifically to the church in Corinth, but the principle there is some gifts have a particular target audience mm. and you need to think about just as you've said who is this for should i just you know w without discretion fire it at everyone or is this a gift for a particular person is this a gift for a particular group of people is this for unbelievers or believers there's you know not all gifts are for uh, or, uh, or rather, perhaps a better way of thinking about it is some gifts are aimed at specific groups of people yes. or for certain, have a target audience, if you like. And um, you need to take responsibility for that and think about mm. who's this for. So in Paul's example, tongues is a supernatural gift that will... Uh, um, speak to non-believers and in fact you see this on the day of pentecost mm. is the gospels preached to mm. people of all kinds of languages through the gift of tongues it's for non-believers but prophecy paul's saying as we talked about in the last um the last episode is for believers in the sense it's for building up the body yeah. um it's for sharing the the message of god to the body um so think about who it's for mm. and and so on so uh so you have a responsibility to use your gift well you have a responsibility to develop your gift now we've already mentioned mm. this you've mentioned this already and when we've talked about this you know this is one of the things the local church is for uh but we've we set again you see non-christians sometimes mm. who are able to speak more powerfully than christians and that's not how it should be but those non-Christians have done something that a lot of Christians don't, which is they've worked and they've learned mm. and they've practiced and they've developed that gift. Uh, we mentioned in the last episode, I think, Paul writing to Timothy, do not neglect your gift, which mm. was given to you. Uh, and then in the second letter, le the second letter to Timothy, again, he comes back to this in verse 1, 6, says, I remind you to fan into flame the yes. gift of God. So, 
Paul comes back to Timothy twice saying, look, don't, you've been given a gift, don't neglect it. Use it, fan it into flame, get better at it, make it, um, yeah, just develop it. Mm. So I think training, Mm. um, and it may sound weird sometimes, you know, training in spiritual gifts may sound Mm. strange, but maybe not so much training as seeking wisdom from people who have exper- are experienced in in using a particular yeah. gift yeah a bit of mentorship in that yeah area exactly could be helpful um and as we've already said one of the with most things one of the ways to get better at doing something is practice by doing it and yeah. and failing or doing yeah. it and learning from the experiences yeah. but yeah the Sorry, you were so to... I was going to say. So you're, you're saying there's a responsibility with the gifts to grow in them, yeah, as well as use them. That's and, right. Um, and know the boundaries that there are with yeah. That, just all I think all gifts require like wisdom is one of the things. Yeah, that the Bible values highly. Proverbs says, you know, seek wisdom before all things. Um, James tells us, you know, it's one of the few things in the bible where we're told if you pray for this god will give it to you james says if any of you lacks wisdom he should pray and god will give it to him or her and so i think all gifts require the use of wisdom Mm. and thankfully god said no i can give you wisdom so we need to ask we need to ask and got wisdom seek wisdom yeah and so on i think the the final thing is as we've again we've already mentioned is character is key you mentioned it in the last session we've mentioned before that sometimes you have to learn difficult lessons before you get to grips with your gift before god will use it in you um because gifts are about love and service it always comes back to that character yeah um the the gifts that will bear the most fruit are not the people who you know uh have the the biggest gifts or the best gifts or the people who even have you know the most experience in using them or most naturally naturally sort of talented ways of using their gifts the gifts will always there will always be the bear the mess the gifts that will always bear the most fruit are found in those who have godly character i think who make a priority of of learning godly character and you may have to learn some hard lessons before you'll see that fruit but it's worth it Mm. um so if you're given a gift, you have a responsibility to nurture it. Um, you have a responsibility to make sure it's used properly. And remember, it is a gift. It's not a right. It's not something that you're necessarily entitled to. It's something that God's given as an expression of his grace. But you do have one or more. And if you seek God and ground yourself in a local community, I think it may take time, but I think they'll come to the surface and bear fruit. Excellent. Great. Some really helpful principles and some wisdom there imparted around spiritual gifts. I hope everyone's enjoyed that. And maybe you've got questions. Maybe what we can encourage is for people to think about who they could talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe who has a gift that you feel like you have and are wanting to grow in. And the local church hopefully will have someone for you. If that's Barton great if it's a different church then fine where you can you can find some support um and if you're not sure get on serve in love get stuck yep. into the body of believers for their common good 
and we're convinced that God will yeah, make trust, it Yeah, trust God. Trust that yeah. he has gifted you and that absolutely he's more than capable of bringing out and revealing to you what you need to know. Yeah, tremendous. Thank you ever so much, James. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, concluding a two-part series on the spiritual gifts. And until next time, uh, goodbye and have a great week. Bye.